Been looking forward to bookmarks today. Uh, each week I invite a prominent New Zealander in to talk about their life and career and some of their favourite things. Today my guest is Akiko Kurematsu. She is a culture writer and journalist who has utilised her multicultural and multilingual background to bring a unique perspective to what she writes about. Her latest offering is a cookbook, beautiful cookbook called Mother Tongue, which explores generations of Japanese home cooking. And she's with me in the Auckland studio. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Kia ora, nice to see you. Uh, thank you for having me. Congratulations on this book. You must have been so happy with how this ended up because it's a beautiful book just to hold and to look at and to feel before you even start reading it. I am so glad um, that you think that. it's. It was a labor of love um, and it was produced during the pandemic. So there were many, many challenges from paper sourcing to shipping to everyone kind of falling, you know, ill at at, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at, at crucial times of production. Exactly. <laughs> so it was a labor of love, and everyone who was involved in it, from Harry Weir, who did the photography, to um, Katie Lockhart, who hosted the photo shoots in her uh, yeah, done interior. an amazing job of it. Can, yeah. can you tell me about you? Yes. And your mother yes. and her mother and how that story kind of flows into this book. Yes. So as I said, I, I um, wrote this story, Mother Tongue, during the worldwide uh, pandemic in 2020. I was cooking a lot, as, as everyone was doing at home, um, baking bread and um, and probably diving into the the you know, the cookbooks that they had around them. Yeah. Um, At last, me, all those cookbooks were exactly, buy and never read. Yeah. Exactly. I had a cookbook called My Mother's Love, which my mother wrote based on my grandmother's recipes. Huh. So she had she had gone back to school at the age of 60. She was a homemaker all her life, and we lived in many, many countries around the world, including Japan, the U.S., Canada, the Philippines. But when the kids were finally out of the house, she returned back to culinary school and she completed the th- a thesis um, of writing this cookbook. So I had this cook- cookbook lying around that I never really took the time, never had, never had the time to dive into. And mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I, I cooked through it, probably looking for those familiar childhood flavors um, during such an unsettling time. Yeah. I couldn't travel back to Japan to see my family. I miss them a lot. I miss my mother's um, cooking a lot. So I cooked through the the book, but I also realized I didn't have many of the ingredients. For example, I couldn't find burdock root, gobo. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find yuzu, which is a, a Japanese citrus. So I had to substitute and make do with what I could find here locally in, in Aotearoa. But that's who you're writing the book for as well, right? Not just here in New Zealand, but for anyone who finds himself outside of Japan but wanting to recreate the flavors and experiences that's right. that you can find in Japan. I, d- I decided to write the book um, in English. My mother's book was kind of a hybrid of Japanese and English and, sh- and so that people had an accessible cookbook um, that they could make very, very simple Japanese dishes. Um, I start with uh, a few kind of kind of examples of how to make rice in a pot. Mm-hmm. 
because most people don't have a rice cooker at home.、Mm. So I think. Would you recommend one, by the way? I would recommend one.、Um, Zojirushi is a brand, a very respected brand.、Um, very, ex- very, very expensive, though, to buy. Okay. So, to be honest, I make my rice in a pot at yeah, home. Yeah. And、um, I've, I've,、uh, I share kind of my, my tips to do that.、Um, but things like making rice, these are things、um, that are handed down through your you know, many generations.、Mm. So, the way that my grandmother measures the amount of water that goes into making rice was passed down to my mother. <laughs> my mother showed me how to put my hand flat on top of the rice t- until your, just your knuckles are showing. <laughs> I love that. So, that, that's the perfect amount of ri-、uh, water to put in with your rice when you're cooking. Akiko, I know this is a complicated question. What is your home country? Yeah, I have many homes. <laughs> I consider New Zealand my home right now.、Yeah. I immigrated here six years ago,、um, and I live here with my husband and, and my son. I said this earlier, married a Kiwi bloke. Yes,、yeah. yes. And、um, yeah, we've been here for six years, but Japan is probably another one of my homes. So is, so is、um, the US, where I lived growing up. Um, during my elementary school years, and I returned there for university and、mm. for my first decade of my professional career as well. It's okay to have more than one home country. Yeah, and I say in my book, and in the introduction of my book, that I think for me, home is quite a fluid concept.、Um, and sometimes that can be murky and, and confusing. And when someone says, Where are you from? I don't really have a straight answer. But for me, home is, is more about the people. My family is in Japan, and that makes that my home.、Um, my, my family here, my family is in New Zealand here, that makes、um, here my home. And,、yeah. and similarly with New York, I have old, old friends and colleagues, and、um, you know, more than f- about 15 years of my life. One of, you, one of your jobs here at Bookmarks is to pick a few of your favourite things, and that reminds me that you enjoyed the podcast Conversations with、uh, My Immigrant Parents. That's right. I listened to that podcast、um, <laughs> I listened to that podcast during the pandemic.、Yeah. And it was, it, was,、um, the, it was just so, the, the stories were so heartwarming and so genuine. And I love the format of Sarah and Julie. Kind of stepping away and letting the families talk.、Mm. And they would come in、um, a few times, in, in, you know, they would edit in comments、yeah. where they related to the conversation, but they would really essentially just let the families talk.、Yeah. And I thought that was just so, so amazing. You felt like you were in the living room of these families who had、uh, a parent or a, you know, a family who had immigrated. To New Zealand from Korea, from South Africa, from Cambodia. Sometimes they would be escaping major trauma from the countries that they would come from and setting up a whole new life. And there's,、um, there was a real authenticity to their voice in that podcast, which I really appreciated. Akiko Kuramatsu is my guest on Bookmarks.、Um, she's bought some food, which is, we'll talk about in a moment.、Um, we're going to play some music as well. Tell me about Japanese breakfast. 
Japanese Breakfast um, is a singer and a guitarist. Um, I will be talking a little bit later about her book called uh, 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 Crying in H-Mart, which is extremely popular in New York Times bestsellers. So um, I'll be talking about that a little bit later, but her song... um, But this is one of her songs from her band, Japanese Breakfast. It's called Be Sweet, Enjoy. International. The band is Japanese Breakfast. Be Sweet is the name of the track. My guest is Akiko Kuramatsu, who is uh, a writer, cookbook author. Tough gig being a writer in 2023. Tough gig being a freelance writer. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you've decided you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> yes, and I love it. And I get to, it's so tied in. Being a writer, you are researching all the time. So every person you talk to, every trip that you go on, you're kind of collecting ideas. Yeah. And for me to write about travel and food and art and design, style, those are some of the things that um, I write about. But I love writing about those things and also talking about kind of the larger um, 
context. Yeah, the larger context, using food as a lens to talk about, for example, sustainability or to talk about um, the the food systems or trade, um, things like that. So I really use um, – I, I like to talk about things that, that impact everyone all around the world um, and humanize those issues through food and travel. And What did you bake for me and the team today? Today I made recipe from page 133 of Mother Tongue. It's called matcha chiffon cake. And matcha is an ingredient. It's a green tea that is in a powderized form. And you usually whisk it to create um, with boiled water to create mm. a nice kind of caffeinated um, drink. Mm. It can be an alternative to coffee. Uh, many people have now started drinking it as kind of a latte with milk. It pairs mm. really nicely with creamy um, and sweet because it is a bitter, it's quite a bitter taste. Mm. So to, to pair it with milk or honey, it's really nice. So this matcha chiffon cake is made with rice flour. Um, it's made with honey, uh, milk substitute. And then matcha in powdered form. And what gives it that really airy mm. feel is egg whites. So you have three egg whites in there. Now, this is quite a classic um, Japanese kind of flavor profile. It's also quite classic in that it's not it's not hardcore sweet, right? That's right. Jap- that, I, I was yeah. writing about Japanese food uh, recently after a, a trip there, a beautiful trip, and a friend back in Japan um, said to me, hey, I like what you've written, but you may need to explain this a bit more because to some people, red bean paste might not sound like the most appetizing <laughs> thing to have totally, for a sweet totally, course. And it's totally. true, right? You have to, almost have to taste it to get it. Yes. And I think some of the – a lot of Asian Asians might say, um, especially Japanese people, might say that Western snacks, Western cakes are too sweet mm-hmm. or too sugary. Mm. Um, because our sweets are made from things like matcha or red bean that don't have an inherent sweetness to them. Um, so that we add, in this case, I used honey, but to um, to to sweeten those ingredients up yeah. and use them as desserts. Today, I, I paired the matcha chiffon cake with a red bean. We call it azuki in Japan and yeah. in Japanese. It's it's a very um, it's a, a red bean is an ingredient that we've had for centuries. Both matcha, green tea, and azuki bean came from China centuries ago, and they've been used in wagashi, which is a Japanese confectionery sweets, um, for many many years. And I in that pairing of kind of a creamy, um, soft soft red bean, sweet red bean on kind of a bitter matcha taste is a very classic. Pairing, um, nice name too. Wagashi, I love that word. Mm. Um, you mentioned crying in H Mart. This is a book that started as a New New Yorker article, and and why do you think it's been such a hit? I think, um, well, first of all, Michelle Zoner, the the author, she goes by Japanese Breakfast, um, and we just heard her song a few minutes ago. I think she is um, she's a She's a prolific kind of singer and guitarist, and her band is very, very popular. And so there's already that visibility. She's also an amazing writer. I thought that her book was really clear and articulate, um, and it was it was a it's it's hard to talk about a mother or a parent passing away. Um, it's hard 
to be young and, and lose a parent, but to write about it in, um, and share that process um, with her fans and her, and her readers, I thought was a, an incredibly generous book. I also love that it um, explored her identity and her relationship with her mother. And I think that's why I chose it today is because mother tongue for me, in a way, is an exploration of my relationship with my mother and my grandmother. Yeah. And I think Michelle does that through her book, Crying in H Mart. That people will read this specific story about her and her mother and see or be caused to think about their own relationships in particular with their mother. Absolutely. Yeah. What about the book Tastes Like War? Yeah, so I chose two other books today to talk about in the same vein, mm. um, mother-daughter relationships. And Tastes Like War is written by Grace M. Cho. It is a memoir as well. And her mother immigrated um, from Korea as a as a, a bride to a, an American military um, uh, uh, military. Uh, groom, yeah. and they settled in a very, very small town in in Washington State, and it's about her coming to age as the only kind of half Asian girl yes. yeah. in a very small town in America. Wow! Um, and all of the kind of race and identity issues, as well as um, her mother's deteriorating mental state into schizophrenia. All of those kind of come together during her teenage and years and into her 20s. As an academic and a scholar that she, um, in her her 30s, she starts researching about schizophrenia and writes this book called Tastes Like War, which dives into her mother's history. Mm in Korea and why she immigrated over to 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 America as essentially what we call kind of like a like a war bride. And then finally burnt sugar. And burnt sugar as well. Avni Doshi um, is a, a writer who writes a, from Pune, India, in western India. And she explores her mother-daughter relationship through this book and also uses food um, to heal, to heal, and to connect with her mother, who is um, has dementia, so she is learning to kind of care for a mother who has not been the best mother to her in her childhood, and getting over her trauma, and and reconciling uh, the hurt um, that her mother has caused, but also having to fulfill. Um, that looking after looking after a parent in old age. Yeah. Oh, gosh, there's lots there, isn't there? So that was Burnt Sugar. Uh, Tastes Like War was the one uh, about the, um, the family moving to small-town America. And then the first one we talked about there was Crying in H-Mart, three recommendations from Akiko Kurimatsu, whose own book is called Mother Tongue. She's here on Bookmarks talking about some of her favourite things. Um and I was quite surprised to see Lost in Translation. I'm not surprised, but interested to see Lost in Translation in your picks because it's quite a, I guess for us, it's kind of a Westerner's view of what Japanese, yeah. what Japan is like. But there was something in that movie that resonated for you. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Lost in Translation today because 
Believe it or not, it was it came out in 2003, so that's two, 20 years ago, yeah. and, which seems like a lifetime ago. But I think it came out when um, I was forming my own kind of identity of self. Mm. And it was so eye-opening to, to watch a film that was made through an outside perspective mm. of my own home country mm. and of my home city. And it really shaped the the it really shaped how I see Tokyo in a way because I've spent most of my childhood living overseas as well. So I see Japan with both um, a kind of appreciation and a genuine deep understanding of the culture, but I also see it with an outside kind of critical eye as well. I see um, where Japan. Could be better in many ways, and um, and lost in translation was that kind of outside perspective of all the wonderful, fun, amazing things about Japan, but also some of the some of the bizarre kind of um, nuances of that mm. culture as well. Gender must be an interesting thing in Japan. Absolutely, I think there is a scene in Lost in Translation where they they kind of touch on a. Um, a woman coming into Bill Murray's room late at That's night, right. and and um, and yeah, and I think Japan is decades behind in gender issues, and I think there's um, it's one of the uh, the biggest things that the that culture needs to work on: um, equal pay, um, Me Too movement. All of those things feel like they've been either swept to the side, never really. Um, resonated or um, or kind of just just glossed over. Yeah, mm. and yet there seem to me as an outsider visiting the country certain aspects which seemed very positive, like it felt like a very safe mm-hmm. place. Yep. Um, for for example, a woman walking alone through Tokyo would not feel the same as you might walking through New York or even Auckland or London. Yes, I think I think there is. Um, because the popula- population density is so high in a place like Tokyo, you need to make sure that that safety is priority in a city like that where there's so many people compacted mm-hmm. into such tight living quarters. So I think they've done a, um, they've done a great job with safety and security. Yeah, um, but, but still that, work to be done. But work to be done. Yeah, including four female chefs as well, I'm sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. I mentioned a little bit about kind of the gender bias in the food industry in Japan and all around the world. Um, But especially in Japan, that classic uh, Japanese cooking has always been saved for male chefs. Um, Even though women cook most meals at home, Mm. the most celebrated, the most um, visible chefs in Japan who cook the most um, respected Japanese washoku, the Japanese cuisine, are all male chefs. Yeah. Um, before we play, I think we've got a couple of minutes for a track. Past Lives, can we mention this film quickly? Yes. So Past Lives was something that I watched this year. It came out um, earlier this year, and it really um, it just resonated with me so much. Um, the the director, Celine Song, um, and it, it's a story of. Have you seen it, Jesse? No, mm. it's, it's been a, reviewed on our show extremely positively. Yeah, it's 
it's a it's a story about Nora and Hesang, um, two childhood sweethearts, who were separated because Nora um, immigrated to America and spent the rest of her life there. And it's about Hesang eventually seeking her out, um, and well, you guys will have to watch the movie. But um, it's a very tender, very very sweet. Story about memory and nostalgia, and um, and about love. Thank you for coming in. It's all over. <laughs> Thank you, um, people who are interested in finding your cookbook, where's the best place to find it? You can find it on my website akikokuramatsu.com, or you can find it at Florets in Auckland, which is a bakery in Greylin, or you can find it online in, in a, a Wellington-based. Shop online called Best Wishes. Nice one. Let's take uh, a little from the Lost in Translation soundtrack. This is Air Alone in Kyoto. <laughs> <laughs>